Hello, and welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome back to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 23. This week, I'm going to have the first installment in an occasional series called How to Pray Like Jesus. The focus in this episode is what I'm calling the prayer to rebuke sickness. One of my major goals with this podcast is to help you learn to pray more effectively. Last week in episode 22, I talked about the power of God to heal in your life. And then two weeks ago in episode 21, I talked about how to pray about contagious diseases. So this week, we're going to look at some of the specific ways that Jesus prayed. And as I said, we're going to focus on a prayer that he used a few times, which I'm calling the prayer of rebuke. Jesus did not always use this prayer of rebuke. He had lots of different approaches to prayer. He approached every situation differently. He knew what the needs were. He never used a formula in the way he prayed. He discerned what was in the thoughts of the people around him, both the people that needed to be healed and those around that were thinking and judging and being critical or full of expectation that he would heal. He was always dealing with what people were thinking. So his prayers always took into account all these things, and he prayed in the most effective way in each situation. So let's talk about this prayer of rebuke. The word rebuke in the original Greek in the New Testament means to censure or admonish. It's a very strong word. By implication, it means to forbid. So when Jesus was rebuking something, he was forbidding it. It was a powerful prayer, one of authority. So let's look at a few examples. This first one is from Mark chapter 4, verses 36 through 40. Jesus and his disciples get into a boat. When they got out in the middle of the water, there was a big storm that came up. The waves were crashing water into the boat, and the disciples were afraid. But where was Jesus? He was asleep in the back of the boat on a pillow. So the disciples go to him, and they wake him up, and they say, Don't you even care that we're all going to die? And so he got up, and this is what he did. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. He was rebuking the storm. He didn't rebuke the water. He rebuked the storm. He rebuked the cause, not the effect. That's really important. But so let's go back to that definition of rebuke. He forbid it. He censured it. He admonished it. He denied that it had any right to be there. That is a very powerful prayer. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 17, verses 15 through 18. A father came to Jesus because his son was having seizures. The Bible talks about him being a lunatic. Today, we'd probably refer to it as epilepsy or something like that. Anyway, this man had gone to some of Jesus' disciples because they had been healing people, 
and they were not able to heal the boy. So the father comes to Jesus and says, look, I need your help because my son is in a serious situation. And there's a whole lot more to that story. But basically, this is how Jesus dealt with it. This is in Matthew 17, verse 18. It says, Jesus rebuked the devil, this evil spirit that was in him. And what happened? It departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. So again here, Jesus did not rebuke the child. He rebuked the evil spirit that was in him. That's a good lesson for us. If Say if you're praying for someone that's sick, you don't rebuke the person. You rebuke the sickness because that sickness is not from God. It has no authority from God. Jesus always healed the people that came to him for help. And I say this, and I will continue to say this. He never said, oh, well, God sent that sickness to you to test you or to see if you were faithful. He knew that the sickness was one of the works of the devil, and he re- his job was to destroy that. Let's look at another example. One time there was a man in the synagogue, and he had an unclean spirit. Who knows how we would diagnose that today? Whatever it was, though, it was pretty serious. And so when this man sees Jesus coming up to him, he says, Let us alone. What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you coming to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. He was taunting Jesus. This evil spirit recognized his destroyer. I think that's really interesting. Jesus' response was instant. The very next verse, this is Mark 1, 25. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. Now, let's look at that verse carefully. He's not rebuking the person. He's rebuking the evil spirit because it's the evil spirit that is talking. It's not that man. Because Jesus did not come to destroy the man, he came to destroy the evil spirit. So when Jesus says there in verse 25, hold your peace, in other words, shut up and come out of him, that second him is the man. He's telling that evil spirit to be quiet and get out of that man. So he's rebuking the evil spirit. Verse 26, and when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. The man was healed. Jesus didn't pussyfoot around when there was a serious situation. He got right to the point with all the power and authority that belonged to him. Now, as followers of Jesus, we have that same ability. We just don't think so, and so we don't exercise it as much as we ought to. But Jesus said, He that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works shall he do, because I am going to my Father. We have the authority of Christ to pray the way Jesus has taught us, and this is one of those ways. Now, let me just add here, this prayer of rebuke is not something you're going to use all the time. It's just one of the tools in your toolbox of prayer. There are lots of different ways to pray, and we've talked about those in previous episodes. Praying with a sense of God's allness and not being conscious of anything else. Praying for God's will. There are all kinds of ways to pray, but this prayer of rebuke is very specific, and it usually is most effective when something urgent happens, when there's an emergency, something comes up unexpected and we are challenged or threatened, that's when the prayer of rebuke can be very, very effective. 
I want to look at one more example of when Jesus used this prayer of rebuke. This is in Luke chapter 4, verses 38 and 39. So Jesus had been preaching in the synagogue, as he liked to do sometimes. Verse 38, He arose out of the synagogue, and he came to Simon's house, Simon Peter. And Simon's mother-in-law had a great fever. She was seriously sick. And so they asked Jesus to pray for her. Let's think about this in relationship with what's going on with the coronavirus right now. Now, if you're listening to this weeks or months later, when the problem of this very contagious disease is blown over, you can apply these ideas to any situation that come up. But let's look at this situation of Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law in light of the situation in the world right now with the pandemic of the coronavirus. Jesus came up to the bed. He stood over her. He was there with her. It says, verse 39, he rebuked the fever. Again, he didn't rebuke Peter's mother-in-law. He rebuked the fever. He rebuked the problem, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Jesus was taking care of her. Once she was healed, she got up to take care of her guests. So what can we learn from this? Maybe somebody you know has caught this disease, or anytime someone's sick, You can pray the prayer of rebuke. You can rebuke the sickness or the disease in the name of Christ with the same power and authority that Jesus prayed with. This is our right as children of God. It says in Romans that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We have access to the same divine power from God that Jesus did. Jesus sent his disciples out to heal, and they did. And the Christ sends us out today to heal and to bless just as those early disciples were sent out. We have been given this power. We have been given this ability, but we have to exercise it. And we have to acknowledge that we have it before we can exercise it. Now, I want to make the point here that just saying those words, I rebuke thee, Satan, is not going to be the healing prayer of rebuke. The only way this prayer will be effective is if you have the conviction in your heart that God is absolutely supreme. You can't use the human mind to make something happen, and you can't use the human will. It has to be through extreme humility that you submit to God's supremacy and ability and desire to heal that gives this prayer of rebuke its power to heal. If we are just saying the words, that can have pretty devastating effects. There's an example in the book of Acts when this happens. There were some itinerant Jews who were exorcists, and they had been seeing Paul heal people. And so they went up to someone that had an evil spirit, and this is what they said. I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. They were just trying to copy what Paul did. Paul had been proclaiming and preaching about Jesus, and so they think they're going to just copy what Paul is doing and try to get the same results. Well, it's interesting the word here is adjure. It means to urge or request solemnly or urgently to do something. So in effect, they are urging or requesting the evil spirit to come out of him Like, would you pretty please come out of this man? That is not a prayer of rebuke. That's a prayer of request. And you can make your requests be known to God, but you don't just go up and ask 
an evil spirit politely to move along. And so what happened was the evil spirit answered them and said, well, I know who Jesus is and I know who Paul is, but who the heck are you? I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And the man in whom the evil spirit was, he leaped on them and overpowered them all and they all ran out of the house naked and wounded. So they didn't actually help this guy at all. They just made things worse for him and for themselves. So when you pray the prayer of rebuke, make sure you're rebuking the devil or the evil or the situation. You're not rebuking the person who has the problem. You're rebuking the problem. But it's a rebuke. And back to this definition of rebuke, it's censure. It's admonishing. In effect, you are forbidding this to go on anymore. Thus far and no further is what you're saying to this problem. Whether it's sickness, it could be sin, it could be a challenging or threatening situation, whatever it is. Whether it was the storm or somebody being sick, that's the way Jesus prayed. And you do not want to follow the example of the sons of Sceva when you're just trying to copy this. You can't just say the words. It has to be genuine and sincere. And I also want you to remember that Jesus said to pray in secret. We should not stand out on the street corner with the mighty voice of God rebuking the evil. So when you pray the prayer of rebuking sickness, do it privately. You can do it quietly. You can do it out loud. And you may be in public when the demand arises, and that's fine. But you're not doing it for show. You're still going into your prayer closet, and it's just between you and God. I had a small example of this a number of years ago. I had been out in the yard working in the garden, and when I came in, I was in the bathroom, and I noticed there was a little thorn in my finger. Well, naturally, I reached down and pulled it out. It was big enough. I didn't need tweezers. I just pulled it out. All of a sudden, blood started. It was the tiniest little thorn. All of a sudden, blood started spurting out like it had been a great big gap in my finger. And it surprised me so much. I just blurted out, no. Basically, that was my prayer. And I put my finger under the faucet. I was right there at the sink. I ran water over it to wash all the blood off. And when I looked at my finger again, there was no more blood coming out. In fact, I was sort of poking at my finger trying to find the place where the thorn had been. And I couldn't even feel any little hurt spot on my finger. There was no hole where the thorn had been. You know, I was trying to push it to see if I could get another little bit of blood out there. It was so surprising to me. And it wasn't something I consciously premeditated in a deep, thoughtful prayer. It just kind of came out. When I think about that today, I'm still amazed at how effective that simple little prayer of rebuke was. So what I would encourage you to do is when something comes up, that is threatening or harmful, and it comes with force and power and and in a sudden way, I want you to know that you have in your spiritual toolbox the prayer of rebuke. You can pull that out quickly. It doesn't even take a moment. And you can rebuke that situation. You can rebuke whatever the cause is. I've heard sometimes people rebuking other people That's not your job. That's God's job. Make sure you make that separation between the person and the evil or the error or the mistake or the problem. So let's think about how this might apply in the situation with this contagious coronavirus going around right now. If you know someone 
who is sick and you're praying for them, you can rebuke that sickness just like Jesus rebuked the fever that was a problem to Peter's mother-in-law. Let's say you're caught in a an alarming, threatening situation like when the disciples were on the boat and the storm was so bad they thought they were all going to drown. Jesus rebuked the wind. Maybe there's something going on between you and some friends and the real issue is jealousy. Don't rebuke your friend in your prayer. Rebuke the spirit of jealousy. Forbid it. Deny it any air. You can do that in the name of Christ. You can rebuke that spirit of jealousy. And you have the authority to do that. I have found usually the prayer of rebuke is not necessarily something you do when you're all peaceful sitting in your little prayer chair. It may happen then, but it's usually more effective when something comes up with an immediate need and you jump right into it with a prayer of rebuke and it can be very, very effective. If you've had a situation where you have used this kind of prayer I'd love to hear about it. You can leave a comment in the show notes page. That's thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 023. All the way at the bottom, there's a place to leave a comment. Now to switch gears just a little bit, we're still working on our 20 ways to follow Christ in 2020. This week is number 12, and our focus this time is to wash someone's feet, or to translate that to be a servant. You can find this reference in John chapter 13, verses 4 through 16. Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and they kind of were surprised because that's what a servant would do. That was like the slave would do. That's like Jesus coming to your house and cleaning your toilets. Well, once he was done, he said, Do you know what I've done? You call me Lord and Master, and that's accurate. I am your Lord and Master, but I came to you as a servant. So, If I, your Lord and Master, act like a servant, then don't you think then you all need to be servants to one another and take care of each other and don't think you're better than everyone else just because you're one of my disciples? The whole idea is this week, you may not literally go out and wash someone's feet, but what can you do to play the role of a servant where you're being of service to someone in a way that might seem menial? What if a boss came and sharpened your pencil? What can you do to be of service in a way that's unexpected? I heard one time of a religious gathering, and there was some high archbishop, and he was there waiting tables. When I heard that, I thought, that man has some humility. He wasn't so impressed with himself or with his position that he couldn't be of service to all his fellow Christians. So this week, think about washing someone's feet being of service, and not needing recognition for it. I want to thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so much. There are people from all over the world listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Actually, I think the count now is 50 different countries and hundreds of cities all over the world. And usually I ask for you to go and subscribe and leave a comment and all these things. And of course, I'd appreciate if you do all that. But More than anything this week, I would like you to take the ideas in this episode and really pray with them. Use them in your daily life and share it with a friend. There are people that need to know how to pray more effectively, and we all could use a helping hand sometimes in that. So use these ideas 
in your life this week and think of someone that might really appreciate and be helped by this idea of the prayer of rebuke. As always, I'll have the Bible references in the show notes for this episode, so you can go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 023, and at the end of the show notes, there'll be all the Bible references, and they're just there for your easy reference. I guess that's about it for today. Thank you again so much for being here. I love you and appreciate you, and I'd love to hear how you've been praying if you've had any experiences with this prayer of rebuke. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Thank you so much for being here. God bless and have a great week.